like goals. And number one was set a goal to set a goal for savings. <laughs> I really have to like plan ahead in order to save. And that savings account is going towards a new vibrator because I'm a responsible adult woman that's also realistic. So <laughs> it's going to be a nice one. I'm excited about it. Uh, I stumbled home drunk the other night and thought someone robbed my apartment until I remembered I cleaned it. <laughs> so that was good to realize like 10 minutes later after I called my mom crying. Uh, here's probably some reasons why I was crying. Uh, I have generalized anxiety. I have it. I own it. It's mine. And it's like steam. Lately it's been like steam trying to escape like a small space. Like it just keeps like puncturing holes and like finding ways to interrupt my life. And lately it's been in my dreams. So I have these nightmares and I just like wake up screaming and sweating of these like terrifying ideas, but it's like things that only are disruptive and like terrifying to me. So you, last night I woke up uh, screaming because in my dream someone said I look like Julia Stiles. Although that's really scary too. Something's going on outside. See, that actually isn't that scary to me. <laughs> Julia Stiles, though, that's terrifying. And people don't even, it's like they don't even say young Julia Stiles. And I wonder if it's because, like, they think I look like I'm 40 or if they think, like, they just don't think about Julia Stiles' career anymore and they just kind of, like, left off at 10 Things I Hate About You. <laughs> I hope that's what it is. Um, I woke up last night um, in a cold sweat. Yeah. <laughs> You go solve that. I'm going to stay here. Because I am a responsible, realistic young woman who doesn't look like Julia Stiles. Um, yeah, I woke up sweating and screaming because I had a nightmare that I started working at BuzzFeed. <laughs> that was really terrifying. I think one of the scariest part is, is that I'd be good at the job. Um, I had another one where I woke up really scared because this is a specific one. Uh, making eye contact with someone who's within like a one foot radius of my face. Thank you. Um, I really don't like like that close of like people being around me. So I've started doing this thing where I have like just in like the tiniest things that are like flaws that are only noticeable from so far away. So I have like just enough of a mustache that like you come close and then you see it and then you back off. <laughs> or like bad enough breath that like it's only like this radius right here and you don't come into it. Um, I was at a party uh, over the holidays, and um, my friend started dating this new guy. And uh, I love when couples start telling stories at the same time, like they're telling a story together. And they just start, uh, like you'd think it'd be cute, and they finish each other's sentences, but really they just keep calling each other a liar and like <laughs> smiling while they do it. So I was like, oh, like, Katie, it's really nice to see you. Like, uh, it's nice to meet your, your boyfriend, Jeff. Like, how'd you guys meet? And she's like, Oh, you know, it was June. Uh, actually, it was July. Yeah, and it was like, it was June, and it was great. And um, we met, and I knew it was love at first sight when he whispered in my ear, I could love you. Uh, actually, I said I could fuck you. Um, that's how we met, and that's why we're together. All right, my name's Tess. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. I hope everything's okay out there. For Tess Barry, what the fuck is going on outside? Can I, can I figure it out? I'm just gonna go outside and try to figure it out for a second. Hey, is everybody okay outside? We heard some screaming. We were all nervous. 
Everybody's okay outside? Good. It has nothing to do with Mutiny Radio, right? Awesome. Awesome. Absolutely nothing to do with Mutiny Radio. Uh, the people that just walked by said, we're fine. We're fine. So everything, I think, is okay. Everyone's alive. No one's, there's no blood, and it's not about Mutiny Radio. Am I right? All right. Good, good, good. I just, I hate it when the cops are um, called to this corner because... Um, you know, we're completely illegal. So, uh, hey, keep drinking that BYOB. Uh, your next comedian is is a funny man. And he has... I should do a new intro for you. I do love your new voice, though. I think it's great. Oh, I know what I was thinking about you today. Because I was listening to a song. And uh, and it was... Um, and if I thought if we changed the words to... Oh, fuck, I'll remember it when I bring you back up. But I thought you're the only Asian that could do it because you're the only one that doesn't mind that I would... No, no, usually usually when you call someone out, he's like, yeah, on my jokes, I talk about being Asian. But usually they're like, don't, don't, don't say anything. Why are you being such a racist? I'm like, it's, it's, not, it's not me, it's him. Um, but there is... there. I do have a, a tag for you later for something. But you guys are going to laugh hysterically at these jokes. He's looking through them right now. He's curating them for you at this very second. Also, by the way, you guys, I put these chairs with backs up here today so that you could be more comfortable if you didn't want to sit on the benches in the back just trying to move people up to the front. Put your hands together. It's Ken Suzuki. Is it this one? Thank you. Happy New Year's, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, it's excited. Did you guys feel yeah, writing your New Year's resolutions? Yeah. I can tell you my New Year's resolution. My New Year's res resolution is to be able to write my first assisted suicide joke and complete it on my own. But fuck, man. I mean, it really isn't worth it, though, because if your suicide is assisted, did you really kill yourself? I mean, isn't that just like getting self-help from a book? <laughs> I'm sorry, that's what I think about. I like to get I love your laughter, sir. I don't know, I just, I, I like to get philosophical about this shit when I think about it. Like, I just completed my first treatise on nihilism. It contains nothing. <laughs> but there are pros and cons to everything, all right? I mean, the pros and cons to everything. Suicide's one of them, too. For example, did you know, one of the upsides to suicide is, if you kill yourself, there's never any ambiguity about who won the breakup. They won by default, but you get the peace of mind, so it's really a win-win. You gotta look at, the, gotta change the way you look at these. You gotta learn to look, think positively, all right? It's all about perspective. For example, I'm getting to arguments with my friends now who get mad at me, we get this argument, they're like, oh, it's so racist to have a preference of who you fuck. It's so racist to have a preference of who you fuck. Who the fuck gets mad at someone in the produce aisle when they see them filling their cart with mangoes instead of papayas? Get the fuck out of here. We all want the flesh, we all want the juice, some of it's just like the flavor of different flesh, all right? The game of dick, the game of pussy, it's just like investing. Some of us specialize, some of us diversify. You still getting paid, you still getting your nut, you still getting your nut. Then just get yours and be happy. Jesus Christ. Oh, it's so rage. Fuck off. <laughs> and who gives a fuck if they specialize? That just means more pussy and dick for you if you don't. <laughs> I don't know. I diversify, and I think it's because of my dad. My dad would tell me every day before putting me to bed as a child. He would look at me and say, Ken, remember, no matter the color, the pussy is right. We all come white. 
And I think that's how you gotta live your life. But too many men, too many men use bullshit like that in his excuse for the, why their life ain't working out. Bull, too many men turn themselves into cucks before they even have a chance to sling dick. Going like, oh, no one will fuck me. No one wants to fuck me because I'm too fat or I'm bald or I'm ugly or I'm Asian. My favorite. <laughs> the fuck? The fuck kind of excuse is that? I know cripples who are slinging dick like fucking Chamberlain, all right? They got fucking bitches on all fours and leashes and collars pulling their fucking wheelchair. Oh, I'm. It's called the game for a reason, all right? It's supposed to be a challenge. It's not some, this bullshit, millennial, everyone's a winner shit. No, this ain't soccer, all right? It's a fucking game. And like all games out there, I understand, I got sympathy for you, there is a cheat code. If you can't get laid in the age of the internet, then I got no fucking sympathy for you, man. You need to go on a mushroom ship and take a long, hard look in the mirror, because it's not them, it's you. Why complain now? Well, you can fucking customize your hookups like custom-created video game characters now. Race, eye color, height, fetish. It's all there for you. Anyway, I said that joke the other day, and another comic came up to me and was like, uh, thank you so much when you said there's a cheat code. I'm so happy that you said the cheat wasn't rape. I couldn't help but look at this guy and say, motherfucker, I'm a pervert, not a predator. <laughs> I don't know, all I'm saying is self-pity, not religion. I mean, that's the real opiate of the masses. Thank you very much. Yay! A great set from Ken Suzuki. His jokes are working. Something happened. Michael, nice to see you again. Come back another time. Yay! Um, of course, I do. I, it is nicer to have a back on your seat, though. I do think your next comedian—he's been blocking the bathroom, so you guys have been having to jump over his ass because I did the chairs wrong today. I pushed everything too far back. It's not his fault. It's mine. Uh, It's—it's it's not you. It's him because he—he's—he's willing to pass out the flyers, so he's gonna—he's gonna go ahead of you. But then you're next. Um, he's money, but he won't. He's super funny, and he's been having really great sets of brainwash. I've been watching him, and I've been and I, the other night it was really great. But you still won't let me tag you on Facebook. You're, he's still afraid that people somewhere are going to hear him in one of these podcasts and be like, "He's not going to be an electrical engineer of science and magic. <laughs> he's going to do what? Uh, put your hands together for comedian Ian Kung." Hey, how you guys doing? Uh, cool. Uh, my buddy just got out of prison. We're talking about things that we can make our sex life more interesting. How you guys doing out there? Oh, <laughs> uh, Street is back. Uh, I just thought I was going to put you in the air so you could talk about <laughs> disgusting uh, quirks. Well, I was saying... Um, Kinks. There you go. One of the questions on OkCupid is... How often do you want to have sex? Yeah, if you were to find a mate, how often are you willing to... How often would you like to have sex with such mate? Mm -hmm. And one of the options... I, I don't remember the options, but one of the the one I chose at least once a day. That's not bad. At least... That's pretty often. <laughs> you look pretty angry. <laughs> That's a lot of FaceTime. And I'm like, there's no... 
We don't have to look at each other's faces. <laughs> and then I was like, should I get an eye patch? Would that mix up? I'm talking you're like from behind. <laughs> and then I was like, do I have a sleeping mask I can wear? I was, I was just being like thrifty. Like, what do I already oh, have? I hope my parents are not listening to this. <laughs> Uh, things, the things that I we have t- better things to do. Yeah, the things that we talk about on this show always, always interesting, never boring, never dull, never a dull moment here at Sounds from the Street. Um, we're broadcasting live from Mutiny Radio, and we're located in the Mission District of San Francisco. In case you've never heard of us before, we've been here uh, almost eight years. I want to say. It's been about seven or eight years that we've been in this particular spot, and I'm still going strong. Uh, We have a lot of comedy events now, if that's something that you guys are interested out there. Uh, You can find out more at our website, mutinyradio.fm, and our guest today is going to be Mixed Signals. They're... um, they're out exploring a little bit of the mission and some of the culinary arts that um, this particular neighborhood has to offer. There's a great pupusa place slash uh, market, convenience market across the store. <laughs> Bless you. Thanks. And yeah, we're just going to have a chat with them. And also, uh, we're supposed to be going to see Deep Valley and Wolf Mother on Monday night, mm-hmm. so I'll be airing um, the interview that I did with uh, one of the girls from Deep Valley, which was kind of, and I think, s- something that was a little out of the ordinary, um, some of the questions that I asked her. So I'm excited to air that, and uh, Mixed Signals is going to be doing an acoustic set for us, so that'll be exciting as well. Uh, so it'll be a jam-packed show today, for sure. So we'll get the ball. What isn't it? <laughs> when we don't have guests. That's true. <laughs> I was being facetious. I know you were. It's really quiet here, I think, because of the holiday weekend. Yeah, Easter. I think a lot of people are saving up their energy for tomorrow, maybe. All the drinking that's going to be happening. All the searching for eggies and... Searching for eggs. I don't know what else. Is Searching they do? for chocolate. It's the weirdest tradition ever, isn't it? Searching like, for candy. Let's take this breakfast food, boil it, color it, and then hide it in the grass. Make the children look for it. Where did that come from? Um, they're teaching us how to forage and look for things where they may or may not exist. It's like an endless um, labyrinth of searching. And somehow Jesus is involved. Somehow. In the egg search. Wait, are we talking about Red Riding Hood and her basket? No, not at all. <laughs> oh, wait, that's another fairy tale. Yeah. Life is just full of fairy tales. That's my fairy tale. <laughs> Anyways, um, I have a story. Actually, should we talk about the Smashing Pumpkins show last night? No. I think we should. Um, <laughs> it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. Uh, I was surprised that it wasn't all in plain song. At first, it was acoustic, and then it kind of changed a little bit. That was nice. It was mm-hmm. a nice mix, you know, mix up, mixing it up. Yeah. Um, and I was also really pleased with Liz. Oh my God, 
Liz Fair, um, because I didn't remember who, or I couldn't think of any of her songs when I first heard that she was going to open for them, but it was kind of like, uh, it brought me back to the early 2000s when she had a few songs out in the air, in the airwaves. So I really enjoy that. I think she's really talented. Yes. Yeah, she definitely was. I didn't, we didn't know anyone was playing till we walked in there and then I was like, oh, there's somebody on stage and I didn't recognize her right away because her hair is blonde now. I mean, before, well, some of the pictures that I saw, she wasn't like bleach blonde. She was kind of like sandy blonde or whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. if it's mixed in with some brown, but she was really blonde, like platinum blonde. Um, But her guitar wasn't completely plugged in all the way which is why we didn't hear (laughs) the first like 20 minutes or so but luckily she plugged that stuff in um but also i noticed for both acts the liz fair and smashing pumpkins they were definitely changing it up switching off the instruments one acoustic guitar to the next and just um kind of keeping people on their toes like oh i didn't know they could do that with with that song they kind of took it from a different angle um when billy corgan was behind the the um the organ or the keys if you will i thought that was interesting i wasn't expecting that at all so i was happily surprised (laughs) and then also um jimmy is one of the original members so that was also fun to be able to see him yeah and the drummer too right yeah jimmy chamberlain okay he's the original drummer i'm sorry jeff is the other guy jeff is the guy who was fucking up no, just kidding. It was Jimmy. Who was fucking up? Yeah, it was him during one of the songs. Yeah. yeah. But I thought it was weird when he wasn't playing. Did you feel that way or no? Like, so, like all of a sudden they had, like, a, a drum machine for some of the songs. Did you notice? Well, because a lot of, uh, some of their albums is um, They're kind of industrial, stuff. yeah. Yeah. I was like, no! <laughs> I wasn't, like, ready for it, kind yeah. of. I was like, that's kind of odd. Like, yeah. <laughs> They kind of went, like, industrial a little bit. And yeah. Then they brought it back to In Plain Song, which is nice. Mm-hmm. But I really enjoyed that show. You have new shoes. Sorry, that was distracting. Um, no, I've had these for a while. You never wear them. A couple months. I wore them, well, the first time I wore them is when I went to Vegas. But now they're kind of, they're really worn in, so they're really comfortable. Yeah. Plus, it's hard to wear these shoes in the rain, so. Yeah, the rain has been catching us off guard for a few days, for yeah. a few times already this month, so. So now summer is finally just around the corner, even though it's just spring, but not really. Not really. You never know when it's winter, fall, spring, or summer in San Francisco. You yeah. just kind of wake up and take your chances. Yes. So in the news, enemy.com, what to expect from the upcoming Morrissey film. It's called Stephen. The script is finished, and they've chosen who should play the Pope of Mope. Jack Loden will be Morrissey. You may have recognized the 25-year-old from BBC drama War and Peace. His take on Morrissey, he wanted to get out and escape into that explosion of music of Manchester in Manchester around that time it was exhilarating Jack gets it which is reassuring there will be no sex and no drugs the film will not focus on Morrissey's rock and roll years rather in the vein of Sam Taylor Johnson's 2009 Nowhere Boy about John Lennon's adolescence in Liverpool Stephen will chart 
Morrissey's upbringing in the 1960s Manchester. As director and co-writer Mark Gill explained in the early stages of pre-production in 2014, this is a love letter to Stephen Patrick Morrissey and the dark satanic mills of Manchester. (laughs) It is as much for non-Morrissey fans as diehards, says Gill. It should be funny. One of the greatest misconceptions about Morrissey is that he's not funny. Look at his 2013 book autobiography. Yes, there's a grueling 100-page section where he details the Smiths-Morrissey royalties dispute, an eye-scrapingly dull detail, but the first 100 pages are hilarious. They document his childhood, so there's plenty of material for Gil. Example, naturally, my birth almost kills my mother, for my head is too big. It could be a bit like Control, an educated guess based on the fact that Stephen's producer, Orion Williams, and casting director, Shaheen Baig, both worked on the Ian Curtis biopic from 2007. Filming starts in Manchester from mid-April, so be patient. (laughs) I like the guy who wrote this article. Um, Three geeky Moz facts. His first gig was T-Rex at the Bellevue in 1972. Years later, he bumped into singer Mark Bolin in a hotel and asked for his autograph. Bolin refused and walked off. (laughs) Morrissey told Johnny Marr he didn't think there's a light that never goes out. The most famous Smith song was good enough to go on their 1986 debut album, The Queen is Dead. Sorry, not debut album. Uh, in 2006, Morrissey was voted the second greatest living British icon by BBC's The Culture Show. He was beaten by David Attenborough. That's interesting. And speaking of music giants and movies, uh, Paul McCartney cast in the new Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Joining Johnny Depp, Orlando Bloom, Jeffrey Rush, and Javier Bardem, among others. Paul McCartney has joined the cast of Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales. Ooh, say that five times fast. The forthcoming entry in Disney's blockbuster action franchise. According to the the deadline, McCartney is an extra big set-piece scene. In the film, which also stars Johnny Depp, Orlando Bloom, Jeffrey Rush, and Javier Bardem, among others. Currently in post-production, the movie slated to hit theaters next May. McCartney's uh, not the first noteworthy musician to appear in Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Keith Richards portrayed Jack Sparrow's father, Captain Teague, in the past two installments. I did not even know that or probably see that. In the meantime, McCartney's gearing up for his one and out tour next month. He's going on tour again. Good for him. Woohoo! And you can check out a video for Paul McCartney's this one uh, down below in the Pitchfork page. Yeah. 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 I'm doing it smoothly. With a yeah. <laughs> Mic drop. Just kidding. <laughs> the end. Boom. <laughs> and um, well, that's good to know. He's still kind of, you know, branching, things. branching out and doing new, uh, not necessarily new things, but revisiting things that he hasn't done in years, right? Yeah. Good for him. Yes. And he's trying to buy back the Beatles 
catalog too, right? I saw that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure he will. He's been trying to for a while. Poor guy. Yeah, it's like this is my Just music. Give him shit, his shit back, please. This is mine. Okay. Um, Primal Scream has a new uh, record out. For three decades, Primal Scream have raved, rocked, and ranted in equal measure, but their emotional new album finds frontman Bobby Gillespie looking inward while aiming to make classic blockbuster singles. (laughs) Um, So I'll just read a portion of this article because it's pretty long, but you can find it on enemy.com, the latest issue. This band's been one big long art experiment, smiles Bobby Gillespie as he sits down to contemplate Primal Scream's 11th album, the poppy yet unexpectedly soul-bearing Chaos Mosis. When he started the band in Glasgow in 1982, did he ever think he'd still be unveiling new material 34 years later? I didn't think I'd make it to 30, he says. immediately alluding to a former penchant for hedonism that bordered on self-destruction and yet here he is at 53 looking as lith and impish as ever enthusing about his new album full of big choruses people don't try to make classic blockbuster singles anymore bobby laments in the indie scene we're in people make good interesting albums and then tour them and make more good interesting albums it's boring it's so fucking safe what we're doing with this record is trying to make pop singles and even if they don't get in the charts at least we tried to storm the fucking citadel with that aim in mind bobby set about reeling in some new collaborators the cast list makes for quite a contrast with their last album 2013's more light which boasted cameos from veterans such as robert plant and the pop groups mark stewart this time bobby duets with la sisters heim Haim, cult pop star Sky Ferreira, and Rachel Zephira of Cat's Eyes. Zephira? <laughs> Zephira? Um, it's quite a feminized record. <laughs> I like that. Um, now I have to listen. Not macho at all, Bobby says, but that's just where we are. We feel more confident and secure in what we do. Um, Ferreira has earmarked for a key role when Bobby became obsessed with her 2012 single, Everything is Embarrassing. I played it again and again and again. She was a pop star, but she was trying to make records that sounded like a cross between Suicide and Suicide the Band and the Jesus and Mary Chains. So I was fucking intrigued. And there was a hurt in her voice. It was like a dream working with her. Amazing girl, amazing singer, amazing presence. The wounded electropop of lead single Where the Light Gets In was the result, pushing Primal Scream into territory never visited before. And then it kind of goes on about um, some of their past albums. And um, there's a picture uh, from their new single, um, Bobby Gillespie with Sky Ferreira. Again, if you want to read more about it, then me.com. But my favorite uh, catchphrase from that is, it's quite a feminized record. <laughs> that caught my attention. Yeah, that's what we'd <laughs> like to hear. <laughs> uh, I have uh, another person band should i say uh coming up with some new material that somebody's excited about oh my god the stone roses recording new music ian brown says new material sounds glorious and is coming soon that's 
big. Uh, the Stone Roses have already announced that they will reunite for a handful of shows this June and July. Now, frontman Ian Brown has confirmed that the group are working on new material in a brief chat with Enemy outside of the church studios, a London recording space run by Paul Epworth, who does Adele and Coldplay. While Brown didn't elaborate on how many tracks the band has laid down, he said that recording process is going like a dream and that glorious new music is coming soon. You can check out the footage below. And the band's last album, Second Coming, came out in 1994. The Stone Roses first dissolved in in 1996 and they reformed in 2012 when they played dates in Manchester and in various global festivals. Which we all missed. And you could uh, <laughs> uh, watch the video for I Want to Be Adored uh, down in the link. This is out of pitchfork.com. Woohoo! Yeah, their only U.S. show this time around is at the Madison Square Garden, so you know who's trying to get there. Because, of course. <laughs> they would do that to me. <laughs> um, but, you know, it just makes life more exciting, you know. Flying around the world just to see your favorite bands perform. Worth it. Yes. <laughs> In my case, I would say yes. Money gets spent. Yes. Well spent, sorry. Bye, money. Never seeing you again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't care. <laughs> well, there's always time to make more. Exactly. All right. Well, um, let's get uh, the party started, shall we say, and stay tuned for more Mutiny Radio. Thank you, thank you. How are we doing?
Um, that was the Smashing Pumpkins with Hummer. And before that, I think, was Liz Fair with Supernova. And um, Crystal and I went to see them last night uh, in plain song at the Masonic. And, um, yeah, you'll have to listen to the podcast so you can find out more about how that went. It was amazing. It was an amazing show. But anyways, Mixed Signals is here. How you guys doing? Good. Pretty solid, yeah. man. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Woohoo! Yeah. City living. Yeah, city living. Found some parking. That's a rarity in this neck of the woods. Not too bad. So what brings you guys here today? Tell us a little bit about what you guys have been up to. Not too lately. A lot of, I don't know, a lot of, I guess, band drama going through a lot of lineup changes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for that piece of information. Uh, I think things are getting more stable now, and we're uh, writing some some really strong songs that I think we're really really proud of. Yeah. And just trying to, to get the music out there. Yeah, we've gone through how many, how many, we have, like, how many group texts now? Is this number eight? We had about like seven or eight, eight different lineups in the last yeah. year or so. Yeah, so we had, I don't know, like our first show that we ever played. I'm the only guy that is from that original show. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we went from like, I don't know, like originally an R&B type group to like, I guess now more of like a progressive rock group, I guess you could say. More Prog. Rock. Yeah. Rock yeah, more straightforward yeah. rock, yeah. So we uh, we recently picked up like a new uh, drummer who is uh, pretty brilliant in the last week actually, and he plays in several different bands and is like a gigging musician, um, and so he's he's pretty gig ready, which is nice. So we can actually kind of get out there and actually start getting shows and playing, you know, basically over the Bay Area, I guess. Like I guess everywhere from East Bay to San Francisco to I don't know. I guess wherever we'll play us. I don't know. Like <laughs> wherever <laughs> people want you to play. Yeah, yeah. And wherever, wherever pays, I guess, too. Like, our drummer is not trying to play any unpaid gigs, so I guess we have to, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Everybody's wants and needs in the group is different, right? Yeah, yeah. Andy and I are just kind of in it for, like, the, I don't know, Shits and giggles. Expression. The shits and yeah. giggles, yeah. And just the, yeah. So. See wherever, wh- whichever way the wind blows. <laughs> And where can people find out more about you guys online? Uh, I guess on our SoundCloud page, on our Facebook page. We don't have a website yet. We need to get like a yeah. We're we're package. we're working on a website, trying to get that up and running. Yeah, we have yeah. The the Facebook page or the SoundCloud, the SoundCloud page. page yeah. yeah. So I guess it's what is it? SoundCloud, SoundCloud slash, slash mixed signals. Mixed underscore signals. Yeah. yeah. We got one song on there right now. We had a bunch of other songs on there, and we had another singer, and we actually. Uh, Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now we have another song with Becca singing and stuff, which, yeah, sounds really She's nice. so much better. <laughs> <laughs> don't say that. No. She's the I best. Wanna, I don't want to Brandon. I don't the, know if he's listening. Or... She's the best version. Yeah. Of, well, this is the new reincarnation. This is where you... Of the band. Yeah. This is your, um, what do you call it? The path that you're on now. So, And the path is always changing, right? It's never... You know, you start in one place and then you end up somewhere else, but it's never where you imagined you it's would be. A straight path of musicians, man. Yeah, it's always going to be kind of crazy. <laughs> so. Which way to Sunday? Yeah. <laughs> um, so tell us a little bit uh, about the history of the group. How did you guys the originally group, start? Start like the very beginning? Yes, or like, the beginning oh, okay. of time. Um, I don't know. Do you want 
we start with just like the very beginning, how I met Brandon and stuff, or? Uh, well, what it, what it really brought, uh, brought at least this, this lineup of the band together was uh, Zach hit me up a little over a year ago, and, and I played bass in a heavy metal band for a number of years, and he hit me up randomly and he said, hey, I'm, I'm just starting this R&B band. I'm in the area, you're in the area, would you be interested in playing bass? I was desperately <laughs> looking for a bass player. I had just moved up here from L.A., and I, and I didn't know, like, you know, any bass players, and I knew Andy from high school, because, like, we both grew up in Moraga. That's right. And he played in this really awesome metal band called Invection, and um, I was, like, looking for a bass player, and I just knew a bunch of guitar players, and I was, like, asking them if they could play bass, and like, well, I play guitar, but I guess I could play bass, and then... You know, I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. And then I was like, oh, Andy's, like, still in the Bay Area, but he plays fucking metal. Like, yeah. he didn't even play <laughs> some smooth, like, love songs. You know, he's usually playing songs about crushing skulls and, like, beating the crap out of people. Best kind of You know, not, like, you know, love songs and stuff. And so I was like, hey, you want to play in this R&B group? And he was like, smooth. yeah, whatever, yeah. you know? R&B. And I could tell when I first brought Andy in, it was, like, really unnatural for him to just, like, not be, like, you know, playing, like, crazy beats. It was definitely a, a little slower on It was a curveball for Andy, yeah. yeah. But, you know, in the last year, like, Andy's really, like, acclimated to the style and stuff. And it was interesting, like, I don't know, the first couple of months you got, like, surgery on your foot, so you were yeah, showing up to yeah, practice so in, in a, a cast. Boot, in a cast, on crutches, yeah. He was showing so up to practice, and I had to get him, like, a chair with a pillow for him to elevate yeah. his foot on. He would play, like, on a chair with his foot <laughs> elevated in a cast. Totally ridiculous. Disabled musicians at their best. <laughs> yeah, and back then, yeah. Didn't, yeah, didn't sound too good, but, uh, you know, now we're kind of bringing everything together, so. Yeah. <laughs> so, how, how would you describe the music now? Is it still, would you still consider it R&B? With um, rock flavor, or has it changed? I mean, I think buff? yeah, some of the songs still like have that style, but it's definitely not as um, not as yeah rhythmic or like R and B esque or dancey. It's more like I guess a more straight like rock approach now. Um, yeah. Got it. And what bands would you be interested in performing with or opening for? Would you play with similar? Uh, I know a band uh, I would want to play we, with. We listen to a lot of different music. So it would, it would range, yeah. So we, we would be open to, to pretty much We've played with, like, a few different types of bands. Yeah. Like, we played at, like, this party. punk show party thing. We played with metal bands before. Like, yeah. we played, I guess, you know, when we did Tiki Toms, those were, like, more, like, ska, reggae bands that we yeah. played with. So it's, like, I don't know. We have such a weird, ambiguous style that we, or, like, that weird band that ends up at, like, a metal show or, like, a <laughs> punk show. Or the whatever. standout group. Yeah, we're, like, what the hell are they doing here? Yeah, like, the yeah. last show we did was um, in Crockett, actually. I don't know if you're familiar with Crockett. I've heard of it. Crockett, okay, yeah. Amazon? It's a, it's an interesting little town. Is it Crockett, Amazon? I don't know. It comes up that way on my phone. It's up by Benicia. I don't know. It's like across the it's, bay. Uh, it's right at the base of the Carquinez Bridge on That's this side of the yeah. Carquinez Strait. Yeah, you yeah, got way better sense of yeah. geography than I do. So. <laughs> You're gonna have to draw a diagram or show me on I Google Maps. That. Andy would probably have to do that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's basically up past Richmond if you keep going up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Way the heck yeah. up there. Okay. Yeah, we played a show there, and we were the first band that went on, and, it, like, <laughs> it was just a bunch of, like, other, like, I guess, older rock bands. Mm. Like, what was one band called? Jungle Rooster or something? Well, yeah. Well, there, there was this really amazing, like, metal 
kind of band, band that was after playing. us, and they, and they were just going up there, and they were just totally killing it. I was jamming like, whoa, and stuff. Whoa, yeah. Whoa. But we were like super out place. We were definitely the only band playing love songs. <laughs> yeah. So love songs from the band. Yeah, cheesy covers <laughs> and stuff like that. We did rude. <laughs> yeah, we did rude, and it was like at a biker bar with a bunch of like you know like old no biker one got dudes, it. <laughs> and they were all like, oh. Were they Were they just like? What the hell? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that was an interesting uh, gig. Very interesting. And where do you see the band going in the next year from now? What would be your ideal situation? Because a lot of gigging, I guess. You know, getting some, I guess like an EP recorded. We have like a decent amount of like unfinished recordings yeah. kind of everywhere. So kind of consolidating those and getting those in like, what, like a five song? EP or something. Yeah, really for us, I just want us to be able to be gigging actively and really like involved in the, the local music scene and just getting out there and playing. I think yeah. we all really enjoy playing with each other and we feel strongly about these songs that we've written mm-hmm. together and we want to really get it out there. Yeah, because the interesting about the Bay Area music scene is it's so like spread out, you know, yeah. like there's all these different subsets within mm-hmm. each area. Yeah. Like you don't want to creep, like almost has like a mini, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. little scene, which is like kind of weird to me. <laughs> yeah, and then San Francisco is doing whatever, yeah. whatever's going on here is different than Oakland. And Berkeley and but we have a lot of bands from the East Bay over here all the time. Like they're, in. Yeah, they're like... Well, what type of bands do you usually have? Um, singer-songwriters. Singer-songwriters. That's kind that. of, you know, the San Francisco hippie way yeah, nice, nice. <laughs> or yeah. you know that's just kind of probably how it's been there the past couple decades and that seems to be primarily what we get but not always sometimes we have you know rock bands um nice. metal um cool. fe- female singers actually um i talked to one girl that sounds a lot like jenna stoplin and she's from oh, wow. uh, new york so we, we linked up through Craigslist, and that was kind of amazing. That's cool. And she's just, you know, some people are just getting their start pretty much, yeah. and you never know where they're going to end up. It's always <laughs> nice when Craigslist interactions end well. Believe it or not, Those it's... kind of stressful sometimes. You're believe like, it or not, it's, it's easier than Facebook. I don't know what the fuck <laughs> you guys are doing on there, but fuck you, because we've been doing this show for a long time, and that used to be like the primary way where mm-hmm. we would interact with people. So-and-so would be like, hey, I saw you do a radio show, mm-hmm. or I know so-and-so that wants to do it, and now it's like yeah. crickets, crickets. crickets yeah. But maybe we just have to... You know, put uh, like it. what you guys are trying to do, put ourselves out there more. But mm-hmm. it's kind of hard when you've been doing it for, for so long. long time, like we've been yeah. doing it for a while, but how long? Like six years. Six oh years. wow! Okay. Yeah, I've been yeah, here six that's years. A, that's a long time. And then before that, I was doing college radio, so I wasn't really, you know, oh, nice. taking it seriously. Not that Wait, I'm taking at? it at KSFS, uh, SF State. Oh, nice. Yeah, but I was just you know fucking around. <laughs> <laughs> Now I'm really fucking around. Yeah. <laughs> college radio is pretty fun. I had some friends that did college radio and stuff. Yeah, and yeah it was really, I mean, that was really daunting. You know, and any time you're starting something new, it's pretty scary. But then you kind of Easing the bag, feel the your way through it. Yeah, yeah like Andy picking up R&B music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're really feeling it now, man. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, Zach. It's easier to play. Is it easier to play than playing metal? It's not as technical <laughs> well, fast. It's just not fast. Uh, I mean... Grooving. Yeah. You're grooving. grooving. You gotta feel a beat, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's <laughs> no, it. Playing it 200 beats per minute, in my opinion. 
<laughs> just my opinion. Though. But do you have other do you have other projects that you do besides <laughs> the R&B? No, I mean I'm I'm trying to float the idea of us doing some edgier, heavier material. There's a running joke, dude, with this like. <laughs> I think Not Andy's happy. long con is that he just wants to transform this band to a metal band. I think that that's his, like, you know, two years from now, we're going to be doing, like, freaking Pantera and shit no, like that. No, 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 no. I mean, I want us to be a band that can pretty much do any kind of Music. song. Yeah. And I don't want to try to pigeonhole our sound there into some you go. strict category, right? Oh, if we write... Uh, you know, a rap song and it sounds good and we're feeling it. You want to write a rap song? Let's go with it. Are you guys going to freestyle? No. Oh. Andy will. No. Not going to happen. Come on, Andy. Can you, uh... I don't rap. Prog rap? No. Prog rap? No. Didn't you say, like, rhetoric in college or something? Yeah, rhetoric's not rapping. I mean, it's like words and stuff. Hippity dippity. Yeah, see? There you go, right? Yeah. You just know words? You know hell words. That doesn't mean I know how to rap. Write raps. Things are going to go less. Let's get back on track. Anyway, back on point. All I was trying to say was that we don't really want to pigeonhole ourselves into writing like some specific kind of style where we say, oh, no, we can't write a song like this or we can't do that. Yeah, you've no, done everything okay. from like rock to more R&B kind of stuff to reggae to I don't know. I guess it's pop. More pop. pop or like folky acoustic singer-songwriter kind of stuff. We have we have some yeah, stuff for singer-songwriters. Do you um, you know how people can reach out to you through social media, through Bandcamp and your various pages? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you um, have an audience outside of the Bay Area, or do you feel like Not yet, no. you're still I don't, working I don't on think it? So I think we're still working on that. We're like, still trying to build that infrastructure. And, yeah. And get the sound Again, I was like with like all that. the lineup changes and all that stuff. Like we've gone through. This is our fourth drummer now. We had another guitar player that we kicked out, and another singer we kicked out. Anything else? That's several different yeah. people that we had to go through and then rewrite songs and. You know, it happens. It's when all you kick process. someone out, some people will be attached to a part, and they're like, oh, right. I don't want you to use that. Because, you know, when you kick um, someone out, you have to be like, oh, you know, this was your creative piece. Like, do you copyright want it. us to use it, or can we use it? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, when that happens, you kind of have to take the composition and then, like, you know, basically revamp it, you know, which kind of sucks sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. I can yeah, imagine. Don't even get me started on that. I had enough, <laughs> I had enough of that in my metal band. Yeah, yeah, with like he almost ended up on Judge Judy. Yeah, we almost ended up on Judge Judy. His last band, man. Yeah, he's got he's familiar with band drama. We were in a situation where uh, the uh, the lead guitarist left the band, and we were recording this album, and he copyrighted his guitar solos on the album, and he he wouldn't let us release the album, which was ridiculous because he didn't write the music he was soloing over, but you know he had this fancy music lawyer. And it was just back and forth, and mm-hmm. got a letter from Judge Judy saying, "Hey, we've heard about oh your whole situation because he owed me a lot of money, and we want you to come on the show and hash this whole thing out, and we'll cover all of your legal expenses. So even if you were to like win your case against him and win this money, we would cover that. You just need to find a way to get down to L.A." And I said yes, of course, but he said absolutely not because he didn't want to get embarrassed on national television. He wants right. to do that. Did you guys settle out of court? Uh, <laughs> things never really got settled. Uh, he he was uh, pretty good at like avoiding uh, me and 
people who I tried to serve him the, the papers with for court, and it just kind of fizzled out. We took his guitar solos off the album. We had actually his best friend come in and do better solos, and it worked <laughs> out. Rough, in the end. Dude. <laughs> oh, interesting. Very interesting. I like hearing all the the backstories. I mean, <laughs> it's, the you know what I mean? Like, there's one thing, like, oh, like. Behind the music, for instance, when oh, that yeah. first came when out. When people find out I play in a band, you know, it's like they want to hear about the shows, but they really want to hear about the drama. Too, yeah. You know? They're like, hey, what's going on with so-and-so? And like, <laughs> Don't even get me started, man. Like, the reality. <laughs> yeah. You, do, you guys need to have your own, like, YouTube series? We could have had, like, a reality show or you something You really could have. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, you know, when you play in bands, it's an emotional experience. Well, you know? that's so, why you got to have the video camera high. rolling at all times, <laughs> right? Just record everything and see what a you get. Oh, God. <laughs> just a fly on the wall. Just, just recording everything. Yeah. God. Well, anyways, we'd love to hear a song <laughs> by you guys. Or something. I could pull my guitar. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. All right. Well, we'll play some music while we, you guys get set up. Cool. Stay tuned for more Mutiny Radio.
And we're back. <laughs> uh, that was Angie by the Rolling Stones. And we have mixed signals here in studio. They're going to be doing a couple live songs for us. Uh, which one are we going to hear first, guys? I Can't Deny. It's a nice little pop song. <laughs> we just wrote it. We just wrote it like what, a couple weeks, weeks ago? ago. Yeah. Awesome. Well, take it away, guys.
Sounds good so far. Sweet. Is that one of the newer songs? It's a newer one, right? yeah, yeah, that's actually one of the ones that we revamped from uh, the lyrics of the old singer. We just switched over to new lyrics, yeah. so it's pretty hard to come up with a new theme on the same. It was rough, yeah, because yeah, he was really good at coming up with like really catchy hooks and stuff like that. And so yeah. like rewriting the songs that he wrote has been really hard because whenever I hear one of our, you know, songs, it's like, all I can hear is, like, what Brandon wrote. Because <laughs> he was really good at coming up with catchy licks and stuff like that. So. Out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, and I guess one more question. Is there an album in the works? It's more of, like, an EP, I guess. Yeah. We, we try to get in and, and record when we have time, but it's not in a traditional, like, Oh, we're going in to record this album kind of sense. It's more just, well, we have a song for a little bit about it. We should probably get it recorded. Record it and get it out there, yeah. Getting the word out there, that's yeah. that's the important thing. Yeah. And do you feel like social media is a good way to do that, spreading the word? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I feel like social media is a pretty solid way to get it out there. But, yeah, I mean, how do you feel about that, Andy? Social media is I mean, it's it's definitely a necessary evil in this day and age to yeah. really promote your art. Your art. Certainly, yeah. if you're in a band, and it's just something you kind of have to work with and play around with until you you get in the right zone yeah. where you aren't annoying people every single day with posts. <laughs> yes. But you you yeah. still post, right? I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, especially being a fan, and I'm sure you guys are fans too of other groups. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of are, you know, waiting for that update. Yeah. Anticipating. Yeah, it. sometimes I feel bad though, because like most of my Facebook presence is like, yeah, I'm doing this thing with my band, and I feel like my friends on Facebook are like, God damn it, like, Zach's promoting his band again. That guy. You know. Well, so. we do that with the concerts that we go to, yeah. and yeah, people. We know people are jealous. So. Yeah, there you go. That's yeah. their fucking problem, not yeah. mine. Yeah, sure. <laughs> no, I mean for me on social media, all my posts these days have been me going to some some show or something like that my friends are like oh like you're s- well you went to five shows this week or Three something shows, right? like oh like dude like you're just going to all these shows and i get so jealous when i see your uh your page and your photos because you're just going to all these shows how dare you yeah <laughs> i feel your pain i feel your pain <laughs> you guys are very friendly over there um <laughs> we'd love to hear another song not waiting. Okay, cool. This is the one that's on our soundboard right now. This is, a, I guess, a little more of a depressing song. So. Yay. Andy wrote the words to this one.
Who are you wasting your time on? Andy wrote the song. Tell us about it. <laughs> Andy, tell us about it. Talk about it. Uh, you know, I don't want to go too uh, cynical and, and pressing, but we, we hear a lot about these love songs and about, like, waiting around for someone, right, and waiting for the one or, like, you know, long-distance relationships or, or those kind of things. And I was talking with Zach about it in some fashion about maybe two months ago, and I'm just like, well, yeah, that just seems kind of, like, ridiculous, like, to, to wait around to expect something like that to happen, right? Mm -hmm. And this notion that somehow, like, this relationship you have with this other person is, is so worth it, even though there's this distance between you that it's all going to work out. And for some people, maybe it does end up working out. But for the majority of people, it just seems like a mm -hmm. fantastical idea. Yeah. yeah. Fantastical. <laughs> That's the key word. And, um, great. Uh, who would you say is your biggest musical influence? Not oh. Pantera. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I mean, I, I listen to a lot of, a lot of different music, so it's, it's kind of hard to pick out one, mm -hmm. one band or one artist in particular that I, I really, really vibe with, uh, you know. I'd probably say, on, on the more rock side of things, probably a band like Coheed and Cambria would definitely be one at the top of my own personal list, just because of how versatile all of their albums have been, and how they, you know, started out as more of like a hardcore kind of like metal band, and mm -hmm. now they're more of a pop rock kind of band, but still with really strong songwriting. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, I have a... <laughs> A guilty pleasure kind of love affair with 80s hair metal and bands like Def, Def Leppard and Rat, yes. Rat and, yeah. and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I do I like my Def Leppard. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Zach? Um, I guess the same kind of thing, like, you know, like a lot of different genres, a lot of different artists, but I guess uh, musically, I guess I'll have to go with the cliche of Jimi Hendrix, like, he's probably the reason why I started playing guitar and mm. stuff, and, like, I really love, like, you know, his style of playing, like, you know, like, bold of oldest love and like little wing like that kind of you know style that he played like really influenced me like in my guitar playing and stuff so i'd probably say Jimi hendrix so definitely yeah. and how about you um i really think uh taylor momsen from the pretty reckless i really love her voice because she's she has a nice rich alto sound that's something i kind of aspire to to bring into this because i'm definitely a soprano i don't really have an alto range <laughs> um but you know being in this kind of like rock-ish band. I'm trying to get more of like a speaky tone alto sound. A little bit more flair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure like depending on who you're playing with and what kind of show it is and what the overall vibe is, I'm sure it changes, you know, from from show to show. Uh, let's hear one more song. You Can anyone save me? 
That's that's a good one too. Oh, you're not alone. <laughs> you sure about that? <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Um, what inspired that track? Um, that was actually the idea for that song was actually the first song that I wrote with um, our singer, and we wrote this song and it like had this like kind of really depressing like almost like suicidal like majority of the song and at the end of the song we didn't do it here but at the end of the song when we used to do it it had this kind of funkier ending and the take home was you're not alone it was sort of an upbeat ending where it's like you know regardless of like the sad feelings that you're feeling there's someone else out there that can sympathize with how you're feeling and like it's supposed to be like this empowering song that, there you, know, you go power yeah, ballad empowering. yeah exactly <laughs> so yeah. so yeah Awesome. And when you guys um, release the EP, um, the music that gets recorded for that, is that usually in a studio or do you usually record it yourself? It's in a, it's in a studio. It's at our friend uh, David's uh, house in, out in San Ramon. He's got his own little recording studio. Nice. He does it all for free, which is really cool. Really nice. And he's uh, <laughs> super talented. He just does it basically for fun mm-hmm. um, as like a side thing and uh, is basically self-taught himself like everything in terms of like sound engineering and stuff and so yeah he's a super talented guy I feel really lucky to be recording with him I met him at an open mic randomly so oh yeah, yeah. you know do you go to those often um we don't go to them as much anymore we used to go to a lot of them pretty frequently yeah um there's a lot out in like we yeah, have Creek Concord area mm-hmm. this one was in Danville that I met David at so there's a lot in like that general area a lot of singer songwriters and stuff got so. it and then one more question for you guys what is the name Mixed Signals all about? Well, one night I was hanging out with Zach <laughs> and one of our mutual friends, Matt and uh, he, he was talking about someone he used to be friends with and, and how their relationship had kind of deteriorated over time. And he said something about how his friend kept giving him like these mixed signals about like either he'd say something like really upbeat and happy and nice to him one day and then would flake out or say something mean the next day and the second he said that phrase I thought to Zach hey like that's a band that's a great band name we have this running joke where someone will say something interesting and and I'll turn to Zach and say hey great band name right (laughs) even when it's some completely stupid you know thing phrase yeah yeah. some phrase that we would never use in a band and that one skin on the wall yeah. yeah (laughs) <laughs> there you go. Yeah, so, that's a good band name, man. I'm cool with that. I think it's it's a good representation of what we're trying to do sonically because we're trying mm-hmm. to blend all these varying influences into one different signals, one sound. Yeah. yeah. There you go, and that's part of the the magic of it all. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks you guys for stopping on by. It's a very uh, intimate setting here at Me Too yeah. Radio. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Getting to know you guys better. Yeah. <laughs> and hope you enjoyed it as well. And yeah. you can listen to the podcast, I think, like an hour or so from now. It oh, goes up nice. pretty quickly. So, awesome. yeah, nice. in case you want to take a listen. And our listeners will stay tuned for more Mutiny Radio. Surprise. Now I'm sucked into your lives through rust, so not as muscles, but percussion to provide for me as a guide. Y'all can see me now, cause you don't see with your eye. You perceive with your mind. Yeah, she love it, of course you do. She's always somehow coming through. 
tip top like nothing else Cause baby says that's common sense Then she says something she can show me Well it makes me wonder how well she knows me Love to love her like I should But bet her heart's a lump of wood Cause when she's in she just won't quit But I don't feel that stupid Well you know Yeah. 
Hello. Hi. That was uh, Wolf Mother, who we're going to be catching at the Fillmore. I almost said a different venue. And they're headlining. Deep Valley is going to be opening for them. We just played End of the World from their debut album, Cistrionics. And before that was The Pastels with Coming Through from the album Truckload of Trouble. And we just had a live in-studio performance from Mixed Signals all the way from good old Walnut Creek, California. (laughs) But I feel like we've been getting a lot more bands from the East Bay, right? Not necessarily. Not so much San Francisco anymore. It's um What's up with that? Yeah, it's really it's really changing and we're just you know, we're trying to keep up with all of these changes <laughs> that have been happening. But um, you know, there's just different ways to there's different ways to find um, you know, new music and right. talent out there because I don't think that it that it doesn't exist anymore. I just think that it's um harder to find. It's not as easy for us to um, figure out like what's going on in San Francisco or what's going on in some of the more um, remote areas of the Bay Area, so to speak. So um, we're kind of trying to stay in tune with that. But anyways, I would like to, for you guys to hear an interview with one of the girls from Deep Valley. They're a duo from uh, the Valley, <laughs> Los Angeles, California. And um, you might recognize one of their songs um, has been the theme song for a reality show called Mob Wives for the past couple of years. And that's how I first found out about them. And I was like, I saw them on a couple different lineups, like they're opening for Wolf Mother. And then they're also going to be playing at at, uh, the Bottle Rock Festival, cool. so they're kind of they're still kind of up and coming, but a lot of times, you know, MTV or MTV is probably the most predominant one that will feature new and upcoming music in the episodes of these, you know, crappy right. reality shows. Um, and VH1 does too. That's kind of, I guess, the way to do it now. Um, you know. It's kind. It's kind of hard to for them to make money, but I guess they're probably making at least recognition. Exactly. So I asked um, Deep Valley uh, if they'd ever watched Mob Wives, and they were asking me about it. But anyways, um, stay tuned um, for this interview. Hey, are you still with me? Yeah. Awesome. So where are you today? Um, we just got into Philadelphia, and we were playing at the Trocadero tonight with Wolf Mother. Oh, wow. That sounds really exciting. Um, I'm sure you've been to Philadelphia before. What's the weather like over there? Um, I God, I was so bundled up. I just went from uh, our, our van to the venue. It was like not a lot of steps and I was very bundled I think it's like cold but not so bad mm-hmm. is that a scientific uh, answer <laughs> it's very scientific uh, it has all the right cold but not so bad <laughs> has the right formulas and all that kind of stuff 
<laughs> yeah. Tell me, um, tell me about Deep Valley and what you guys have been up to recently. Yeah, well, um, we started this tour with Wolf Mother about like eight days ago, um, and it's been so awesome so far. Like, it started in, it's kind of funny actually because we did a tour in um, October with Peaches, and it was like, it's kind of like uh, the deja vu tour of that because we're like playing all the same venues. Mm-hmm. And going in a similar order, it's really trippy. Like we did with the Peaches one, the tour started in um, Minneapolis, and then that happened on this tour too. We played this venue with Peaches, you know, several months ago. So it's actually really cool to be back at all these venues, like, mm-hmm. again, so soon. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we played in New York last night at Webster Hall, and that was great. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we've been doing the East Coast, and we did a couple um, couple shows up in Canada. It was so cold in Montreal. Oh my god, <laughs> so cold! It was like really intense. Um, we're we're excited to get down to the south. We're going to be heading down there soon to get to some warm weather. Right on. And what is your favorite thing about playing in San Francisco? What's uh, my favorite thing about playing in San Francisco? Yeah. Um, I would say getting to see my parents. Oh, they live over here. <laughs> um, they live in like um. Well, my mom lives in Guernsville. Okay. You know That's where that far. is? Yeah. Is it is it north of San Francisco? Uh, I think, but don't quote <laughs> like me on that. It's not familiar, but I know it's close. To it's like by Sonoma County. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's north, north of San Francisco. Yeah, and my um, and then my dad's in a town like um, near like Marin or like Sonoma up there. So, yeah, I mean I love it up there. And we when we went up there like as a family a lot when I was a kid. We used to do a lot of like road trips. Um, my my dad's a big deadhead, so. <laughs> We had a um, we had a really like groovy uh, '87 Dodge Ram van with like a bed in the back, <laughs> and it had a TV in it, and that was like uh-huh. super like high tech back in the day, you know? Right. It sounds like the perfect perfect vehicle for road trips. Am I wrong? Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> so fun, dude! So fun. So we used to take like drive up on road trips like up the West Coast and. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, go to like deadhead type things. And I've always just loved San Francisco so much. It's just such a great, great energy. Really, just like authentic and cool and down to earth, intelligent people. You know. Yes, that's definitely how I would describe it. And um, you're going to be playing at the Fillmore on March 28th, opening for Wolf Mother. Uh huh. Tell us a little bit about what we can expect to see at that show? Well, you're going to see lots of fringe. <laughs> um, lots of uh, lots of hair flying. Between us and Wolf Mother, there's like so much hair. Like Wolf Mother's got the, the curls down. Like, mm-hmm. got the best curls happening in that band. <laughs> um... <laughs> But and uh, it's it's gonna be great, man. It's gonna be like it's a really live show, so mm-hmm. 
either be prepared for some tinnitus or bring earplugs, I guess. That sounds um, awesome. And yeah, this can be a night of heavy rock and roll. I'm excited to hear that. And tell us, tell us more about how Deep Valley got together. How did you guys form form the group? Um, well, Julie and I met about five years ago at a knitting store in L.A. called The Little Knittery, and I went in there to take a crochet class, and Julie was teaching the class. So, um, but yeah, super common, you know, super common band, band story, not. Um, <laughs> not yeah, we just really hit it off. I thought, like... I just found her like to be an incredibly interesting um, intelligent person and we both had she was in a different band at the time called Pity Party which is really cool mm-hmm. they'd been around for a while and I think she was feeling like it kind of like wasn't really kind of mm-hmm. had plateaued or something and and I was um, I've been like doing music my whole life and I was looking to like do a, do a new project and find some new inspiration so just kind of the stars aligned and um yeah, we just we just started Deep Valley. It was originally meant to be a three P. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a jam with our friend Ashley on bass, Ashley Zergian. But she's like super pro bass player. Like she tours with all these really big people, like Philo and a bunch of cool people. So anyway, she was really busy, mm-hmm. and um, Julie and I just kept jamming just the two of us, and so it just was a two piece, and then it was just working, you know. And you guys have an album out called Sistrionic. Mm-hmm. And um, that's the debut album. Sorry? Is that, is that your, that's your debut album, correct? It is, yes. And um, I've had a chance to listen to it. And I think I, uh, a lot of people, or me in particular, found out about you because one of your songs is the theme song for the show Mob Wife. Is that right? Yeah, that's how you found out about us? Yes. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I don't know if you have any thoughts on the show or if it's like a good thing that the show's using your song. I mean, it's, you know, I think it's great that people are hearing our music from it, like, and, mm-hmm. and hilarious. It's such like a kind of, it's just hilarious. Like, I don't know. <laughs> but I, you know, I actually haven't spent a lot of time watching that show, mm-hmm. but I need to. I'm like yeah, really, really I, intrigued about it, and I feel like that my song's on it. I need to uh, <laughs> spend some time with it, you know. And can you tell? Is it good? It, Is it a good yeah, show? I think it's a really good show. I enjoy watching it. It's just a bunch of tough women from, you know, a really crazy lifestyle, and I feel like nobody really knows about it. You know, they just kind of hear stories and. It's interesting seeing how it affects them in real life, you know. That's kind of, um, for me, that's kind of the premise of the show. Like, oh, it looks great on, you know, TV or it looks like a flashy lifestyle. But it's actually like people are suffering, you know, because it's just, <laughs> like it's not yeah. as glamorous as it seems, you know. But then it's also kind of entertaining watching them get into fights about things that aren't really that important, so it has the, the flashiness factor, I guess you could say. But, uh, yeah, sorry, you're breaking up a tiny bit. Um, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I enjoy right. watching it. I enjoy it. So hopefully cool. people enjoy it, too. 
Well, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to spend some time with it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, tell us a little bit about how you wrote that song, "Baby I Call Hell," and how the album, the first album, came into fruition. Um, well, "Baby I Call Hell" was actually the first Deep Valley song that we ever wrote. Um, yeah, so it was, um, yeah, it kind of just came out pretty effortlessly, that one. I started writing the riff in my bedroom, and I had some, like, did some rough lyric ideas, and, uh, but I, you know, I, um, I had been, I grew up in a band with my sister, mm-hmm. um, and then I'd, I'd been doing solo stuff for several years, but... I wasn't like really in the habit of like jamming with people, mm-hmm. so I felt like I needed to come in like a little bit prepared, you know. So I brought in yeah. um, some some ideas like the riff and like a very basic vocal idea, and then um, Julie and I just together like finished the lyrics and like um, finished the song together, just like with her on drums and me me playing guitar. And it just came together really quickly, and um, yeah, pretty uh, to me, pretty exciting like a, for us. Yeah, it, it sounds like a like a genuine rock and roll song. I don't know if that sounds cliche, but that's kind of the feeling that I get when I'm listening to it. And I feel cool, like man. I don't get that a lot from music <laughs> anymore. I mean, I guess yeah. I feel like I get that a lot from you know some of the you know Rolling Stones for instance, like you kind of just get that, but I feel like a lot of bands today, it's hard to really get that vibe, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that, um, I don't know, maybe it's just a, it's a genre that's been around for so long. It's like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that people, I don't know, that there's just not that many people doing it and they want to do different stuff. I'm not really sure. I, I always wondered why there wasn't like more rock bands but you know what maybe there there I think there probably are a ton of them and like we just don't know about them you know exactly they're not the Justin Bieber's of the world yeah <laughs> but there's you know there's but thank you I appreciate that and there's so many great there really are so many great like so many great live bands out there but I think I know what you mean about like just like a just like a straight up rock and roll vibe like mm-hmm. kind of yeah, it's kind of like right. endangered or something. Yeah, something raw, something real, something emotional, and something that you can feel. I don't know. Maybe I'm, <laughs> I'm going somewhere else right now. But <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. So yeah, I I enjoy it. So um, hopefully, I will be making it to the show on March 28th. You're going to be opening for Wolf Mother, and yeah. Uh, sounds like it's going to be a really exciting lineup. And what is your take on uh, performing to audiences in California versus other states or other cities around the world? Um, you know, every every city and every venue has a different energy. Um, you know, like different venues within the same city can have a completely different feel and they do. Um so it's it's hard to say. I mean there are certain generalizations like for instance like 
playing in Mexico is so fun because the Mexican mm-hmm. fans are so energetic and just so like genuinely enthusiastic and it's just wild and unhinged. It's really cool. Um, and there are like certain places in the world that I think are just like known for being like that. Um, you know, like I, we played New York City last night and you know, it's a, it's a great city. Um, but the, the audiences there can be like a little more reserved, you know, because it's like, because it's you know, New York City. You know, like big cities are like that. Um, yeah. Sometimes. Agreed. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's always fun when like when crowds are like super rowdy and like that's just really fun. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully SF will not disappoint you. <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be awesome. I can't wait. We've had like we've had a lot of really really rad shows up there. Um, the first tour we ever did as a band, we did like a little mini West Coast tour, and um, right. and we played the Saloon. Oh yeah. Do you know that venue? Is it in North Beach? Sorry. I think it's in North Beach. I don't know. I'm not that familiar with the neighborhood, but um. Yeah. It's an, I think it's like the oldest bar in San Francisco. Yeah, that would make sense. How, how was that show? It was wild. We also played mm-hmm. the stud, and that was wild as well. Really fun. Oh, how funny! I didn't. Yeah, know, that's true. They do, do. They have shows there, but it's also like a, a gay bar as well, right? Yeah, yeah. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And where yeah. can people find out about you guys online? Where? Um, where can people find out about you online? The best. Uh, oh yeah, well we have a um, we have a website deepvalley dot com and it has our weird spelling D E A P V A L L Y, um, and then you know our Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all that. But yeah, our tour schedule is is up on our website and up on our Facebook. And one last question for you. Um, okay. Who would you say influenced you musically? Sorry? Who would you say influenced you musically? Um, Hole was a really big influence on me growing up. Just to see, like, badass, you know, badass ladies rocking and just being so, like, not giving a... I don't know if I'm allowed to cut on your radio, but you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) I totally, totally get it. That's great. Yeah, I I mean, we're probably close in age, and I grew up listening to bands like Hole, Bikini Tail, The Must, you know, that whole generation. Yeah, for sure. Um, Riot Girl, and I mean, I feel like it's kind of coming back, or maybe, I don't know. I felt like, um... Yeah, I think so. I think it's, you know, being... It's coming back in a... You know, a new generation or something. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Well, it was great talking to you. Thanks for taking some time out of your busy schedule. Thank you. Yeah, it was great talking with you as well. And I uh, I can't wait for that show. It's going to be great. 
Yes, looking forward to seeing you at the Selmore opening up for Wolf Mother on March 28th. Should be great. We'll see you there. So, all right. Well, have a great day. Thank you. You too. Okay. Bye. Soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. I was going to say this guy that I went out on a date with, it didn't, let's just say it didn't go well. He's probably, probably got in a car accident and he's dead already, so I feel better. R.I.P. <laughs> You're officially dead to me. <laughs> or don't R.I.P. Uh, but that was a great interview that I did with Deep Valley. They're going to be opening for Wolf Mother this Monday evening. Be there early. The show starts at 8 o'clock. Um, the, again, this is at the Fillmore, the corner of Fillmore and Geary, if you've never been. Um, one of the ideal venues in San Francisco. Been around since um, the good old days of Bill Graham back in the 60s. Um, I feel like there were a couple venues at one point around that area. There was Winterland Ballroom, which is no longer in existence. That's mm-hmm. a bunch of condos now. Then apparently there was another venue. There's Boom Boom Room, but then there was something next to that. Because I saw an old flyer for like a punk show or, or whatever and it's now like a dry cleaners or something random and it's uh, right where the bus stop is in front of boom boom room like to the left one of those spaces was like a small venue oh really mm-hmm. cool so you know. back in the day that's where it happened oh and then the kabuki theater that used to be a performance spot also depeche mode played one of their first um american shows there i think are on their first tour here um so that's kind of funny and yeah so go check out wolf mother if you remember them yeah i do i remember the guy with the curly hair (laughs) um yeah and then during the interview there was a point where she said there's gonna be a lot of hair so (laughs) yeah i love it i'm already like excited yeah i think it's gonna be a good one that's gonna be this coming monday um we went to see the smashing pumpkins last night in plain song uh let's Fair was also in plain song and that was kind of just a refreshing take on some of their you know original material if you will um also um the smashing pumpkins did a couple covers the ones i recognized were david bowie space oddity mm-hmm. um angie by the rolling stones and then there was one more oh it wasn't a cover though it was a song he wrote with courtney love yeah, he co-wrote. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that wasn't really a cover, but I think there were some more in there that kind of sounded familiar, yeah. but I couldn't pinpoint it. Yeah, because I'm not a real, I'm not a real um, historian, but we maybe have it. we're steady, but we still don't have degrees. <laughs> There's still a lot to learn, yeah. pretty much. But um, I think I I had a I still in, enjoyed it, you know. The, yeah. whole, the setup, um, two of the original members from the group, Jimmy Chamberlain and obviously Billy Corgan. Um, the the newer guitarist that he's had the past couple of years, he can shred. He's pretty good. Yeah. Um, the girl was pretty good too. I th- I don't remember. Maybe she has been with him a couple of years also. I feel like. Because yeah. we saw them 2012. She was there. I think she was there. That one was pretty good, but that was like our intro. Like, we'd never seen them yeah, before. Yeah, that so. was our, like, oh, we need to see them. 
<laughs> but we we didn't even know we were like we don't even know if they're gonna be back kind of thing so yeah. um so that was a treat uh treat and a half if you will um and then i'm going to see iggy and josh home iggy says it's going to be his last album but we'll see about that um that'll be fun to, to see him again but if asia has to say on it <laughs> yeah hopefully he keeps going but no i totally get it i mean he's he's been doing it forever so um one, one last hurrah or so they say and um then we're going to see the next show that i think we're going to is it's not really a show it's a comedy show no no fielding a british comedian no, it's a show. he's gonna put on a show oh, with music is he mm-hmm. he's performing music okay so i take that back it's a yeah. performance <laughs> with music but also um it's an art performance there you go a um what do you call it cabaret <laughs> Yes, it's a luxury musical <laughs> comedy hour. It's vaudeville, pretty much. Yeah. No, it's um. What's the other word for it? Circus. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> it's a circus performance. Variety show. Yeah. Sorry, that's what I was looking for the whole time. Super seventies. Yeah. <laughs> Super duper back in the Variety day. Variety hour. Yeah, like what they, they probably did that. <sighs> I guess it would probably be my grandparents' generation. That's what they would have for fun. And then they would also have that on the radio, too. They would have, like... I mean, obviously, they would be... It wouldn't be the news, but it would be, like... They would do skits over the air, like reading skits. I wonder what that's called. Radio theater. Radio theater. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm just like, wow, how did they do it back, back... 